Welcome to episode one of the Hot and Unhinged podcast with your host, Darcy O'Malley. Oh my goodness, who would have thought 18 months ago that today I would be recording a bloody podcast? Not me, not me, that's for sure. Wow, look, straight off the bat, I've had a few uh, technical issues with this episode, I'm not going to lie. I spent like five hours yesterday recording, trying to edit, and then hating it, and then thinking, oh no, I'm swearing way too much in that. Oh, so here we are again. I'm recording this episode. Is this for the third time? Oh my gosh. I always knew that whatever content I was going to put out, like to start with, was not going to be great, but that's okay because we can only get better from here. I don't even have like intro music yet, so just bear with me. And if you are listening to this, Thank you so much for your support, honestly. Oh, like one of the reasons that I am doing this podcast is for you guys, all 86,000 of you on TikTok. You guys are just the best, the most supportive community. You make me feel so loved. I have never felt such a sense of community and belonging as I do with my little TikTok fam. So thanks, guys. This is for you, honestly. Um, yeah, look, welcome to my podcast, Hot and Unhinged. My goodness me, I'm going to try really hard not to swear so much on this podcast because I think it's okay in TikToks, but listening back, I really hated the sound of my own voice and saying, F this, F that, ball. Anyway, but I mean, I am who I am. So look, I'm probably going to swear like a bloody trooper. All right, let's get into it. So Episode one, I really just wanted to use this episode as an opportunity to introduce myself. If you didn't already know enough about me through TikTok, um, you know, a bit more, I guess, delve a bit deeper into where I grew up, what I do, TikTok, my personal journey, especially over the last 18 months, because I'm on the back end of my 20s now. I'm nearly 29 and I feel like, you know, your 20s are such a period of personal growth. Like you were going from being an adolescent into an adult, you know, you're forging your career, you're having serious relationships. You just do so much growth as a person throughout that period. And I can honestly say that over the last 18 months, especially, I have just like grown so much and I'm just so much more sure of who I am as a person, my confidence, my self-love, like everything. And I just really want to talk about that because, you know, me, even a couple of years ago, I just feel like I was so lost as to who I was. And, you know, now today, like, obviously I'm not perfect and I've got a long way to go in terms of my personal journey, don't we all? But I just want to share my journey because if I, when I hear people talk about their experiences, it helps me. And I want to share that and, you know, the hopes that, um, you can maybe relate to this or it might help you and <clears throat> excuse me. Also, I don't know how to friggin' edit out anything yet. Oh my goodness. Like I said, this is just going to be like a bloody phone call. It's a one-sided phone call. I'm just here chewing your ear off and you're just sitting there nodding, waiting to get a word in. So that's what this is. Anyway, wherever you're listening to it, if you're doing your bloody makeup, getting ready for work, in the car, whatever, cleaning, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Oh my goodness. But yeah, okay. A bit about me. So who am I? What do I do? 
since I love the sound of my own voice so much, everyone's favorite topic is themselves, right? Um, yep, so I grew up in Jelton, which for those of you who aren't familiar with Western Australia, Jelton is a little coastal town four and a half hours north of Perth, and Perth is the capital of Western Australia. I'm pretty sure that it is also the most isolated city in the whole world. So if that's kind of any indication as to where I grew up, um, Jelton is a little coastal city. It is a city. It's uh, home to about 36,000 people. Fun fact, I love knowing the population of towns and cities. Like whenever I'm like, oh, where's that? I'm like, oh, how many people live there? I just love to know that stuff. Like, what is it? Ge geography? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Jelton is a coastal town. Um, predominantly is like a farming and fishing town full of bogans bogans everywhere it's also windy as all hell so if you love kite surfing windsurfing you would love Jelton but not for me Dale not for me it's just so bloody windy you can hardly ever go to the beach anyway so I grew up there I had look I'm going to be honest I had a very privileged um, childhood upbringing I had a great childhood mum and dad always gave us the most you know we always had amazing opportunities in everything that we did that's not to say that anyone's childhood is perfect um but you know i love my parents so much i've got a younger sister kelsey all my family and friends still live in Jelton, so i visit them all the time but yeah i went to a christian school a private school um, up until year 10 and this was a crazy christian school let me tell you my parents are not religious my nana is used to have to go to church with her on sundays Love you, Nana, but used to fucking hate going to church. Oh, my God, Kelsey will be able to relate with that. Um, but, yes, the Christian school that I went to, crazy, absolutely crazy. In year seven, we had, like, it was kind of like sex ed, but more like, you know, obviously going through puberty, like our bodies are changing. Our teacher, she was an absolute tripper. You know what she said to us? She said, oh, yes, well, I believe that using tampons is a sin as it is a form of masturbation. I'm sorry, who in their right mind is sticking a tampon up their hoo-ha and thinking, oh, this is masturbation. Oh my God, a sister needs to get railed more often. A sister needs to flick her fucking bean. I can't. And also, what is wrong with masturbation? What is wrong with flicking your bean? What, like, oh, I swear to God, smite me, Lord. Fucking smite me because that's bullshit. I, I, as I always say, why fuck a man when you can fuck yourself? Um, yeah. Also, another thing that Strath didn't let us do, or I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say the name of the, of the school. Um, this is fact, though. So they can't sue me for this because this is fact. Uh, the HPV vaccinations, which, as you would know, the human papillomavirus, which um, is the leading cause of cervical cancer in women. That's why we get our cervical screenings, ladies. Uh, that wasn't on the school vaccination curriculum because, you know, as Christian school, they don't believe in sex before marriage. So why should teenage girls, um, because only girls were vaccinated at that point, why should teenage girls be getting a vaccination for something that is, um, you know, to prevent HPV being contracted during sex? I like, I, I cannot, I cannot. Anyway, mum took us out of school to get our HPV vaccinations and Lo and behold, I ended up getting HPV when I was older anyway. So, oh, but anyway, got HPV. When that happens, you just have to get like a cervical screening every year. They've just got to monitor it. In my last cervical screening, it wasn't detected, which is good. My immune system is actually doing something amazing. But anyway, it's very common. 
Um, safe sex, no regrets. Although I think you can still get HPV even if you got a condom on. Anyway, I don't know. Doctors, whatever, riddle me that. Um, yeah, where was I going with that? Oh, Strath. Yeah, lovely place. No, it was... Oh, I should stop saying the name of the actual school. Honestly, I have made friends for life at that school, though. I still am friends with a lot of the girls today. I bloody love it. And we also lived close to the school as well. So it was just a great childhood, all in all. But then in year 10, I went to the public high school um, in Jelton because there were just more opportunities in terms of school subjects. Um, not that I really paid attention and I just found my party girl era. Sorry, mum. But look, I turned out all right. I ended up getting a good job, all of that. Um, yeah, so when I finished school, left school, and then I became a storesman or a storeswoman um, at a local agricultural business. So I was like, I had my forklift license. I was like, you know, managing the store. Like, it was so much fun. It was a great job. I did that for a few years. And then I got a job at my current organization where I've been for eight years. Wow. Yeah. So I was there for eight years. The first few years, that job was so stressful because I really wanted to do well. I really wanted to succeed. It was just very stressful. And I felt like everyone else was so much more experienced than I was. They were so much more, like they were so much better, all of that. And to cope with the stress, you know, being 21 years old, I turned to having a wine after work every single day and eating shit. I like binge ate. I drank so much wine, binge ate, binge drunk. I stacked on like 30 kilos. Mental, absolutely mental. So then I got to the point, I was like in my early 20s and I was like, wow, I am so huge. I do not want to leave the house. I do not want to talk to boys. I had like a two-year dry spell because I was so ashamed of what people would think about me having put on weight, you know, because I was predominantly always like very tall. Well, yeah, I'm still tall. I was very tall and slim, you know, and I went from like a size... 10 12 to like a size 14 16 and i was like oh my god what are people gonna think because you know god especially back then we're, we're getting a little bit better now but everyone was just so fat phobic you know like gosh anyway still still are still are fat phobic people are can't deny that but anyway so i was just so ashamed i had internalized fat phobia myself i was so ashamed that i had let myself get to this point and I didn't know what to do to stop it. So I really had no self-confidence at that point. However, I was doing really well in my work. So I was gaining a lot of experience. I was like upskilling. I was doing different roles. I was always putting my hand up for different experiences and different roles and things like that. So I was doing really well in work. But in my personal and physical life, like I was struggling, you know. So I just gave my all. I didn't know how to balance. I didn't know how to have a healthy work-life balance and how to healthily like cope with stress. So that was my early 20s. And then I kind of just got to a point, I think I was like maybe 23, 24 years old, and I had an opportunity to go work up in Kununara for work for three months. And I was still like, you know, at my all-time like lowest point, like in terms of my self-confidence and body image. But I was like, I don't know anyone in Kununara. Like this is a great opportunity to change my way of thinking and just try and work on my self-confidence. And I was like, well, how do you become confident? Like, how the fuck? Like, how do I change my thinking? And I just thought, fake it till you make it. Because that's what I do in every other aspect of my life. I always did that in my work. I was like 
just fake it like and then you you'll just get it one day so i was like i'm gonna do that with my my self-confidence and my body image so i went up to kananara and i was like no just tell yourself like you're hot you're confident you can talk to strangers you can make new friends and that's what i did and i had the best time ever up there the work was really hard it was so hard but I made friends for life. Shout out to Cassie. Oh my gosh. I made contacts, which ended up helping me get a job in Perth. Like I just really like found myself again in that experience. So I just, yeah, it was invaluable to me. It was honestly invaluable. I love it. I love Kananara. It was just such an amazing time in my life. And then I came back from there and I'd made a bit of extra money working up there too. And I was like, you know what? I need to start traveling. I need to start seeing the world. I've just locked myself away for like two, three years because I was too ashamed of my own image to do anything. And at what cost? I've just wasted like two, three years of my 20s, like the best years of your life. So then I booked like a couple of holidays. I went to Thailand. I did a Kentucky in Thailand. And then I did a Kentucky in New Zealand. And again, like made friends for life, had the best time of my fucking life. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm loving life. Like, you know, I still like hadn't like lost any weight, but I was just like, God, this whole faking it till you make it thing is fucking working. Like confidence really is the most attractive trait that you can wear. So yeah, we did that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still don't know how to edit. I don't know how to edit anything out. Oh my God. Bear with me, guys. This is just all over the place. Like I said, we're on a bloody FaceTime call and you're just sitting there and listening and I'm just chewing your ear off. Okay. So yeah, so I came back from New Zealand and it was the end of 2019. So 2020, January 2020, I turned 25. Wow, the middle of my 20s. And like, you know, in terms of my personal growth, I was just getting out there. I was seeing the world. I was doing really well in my career. However, living in Jelton, it just wasn't really doing much for me anymore. I'd really grown out of Jelton. I was trying to date in Jelton, but really... If you are still living at Jelton, in Jelton in the middle of your 20s, you've either been in a long-term relationship since high school, uh, you're married, or you already have kids, or you've left. I obviously was single, didn't have any kids, certainly wasn't fucking married, but I was like scraping the barrel in terms of what was left dating-wise. And I just had a couple of really shit, awkward experiences and, you know, Carlin was already living in Perth at that point. And she's like, Darcy, moved down to Perth. She was always on my back about it. I had a couple of other friends that were living in Perth, Caitlin and Lizzie, and they were always on my back about it too. Like, when are you moving? When are you moving? Like, rah, rah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't get out of my own road. You know, you just get really comfortable, uh, you know. And But at the same time, I was outgrowing it and it was becoming uncomfortable. And I feel like this is this really resonates with me. I heard once that when you are about to go through like a period of growth or something, you feel really uncomfortable in like your current situation. And that's how I was starting to feel still living in Jelton. And I just knew that there was more for me, but I just didn't really know how to take that first step. And that's something that I've always struggled to do is really overcome my own self doubt. Like that, you know, it's not good enough. It's too hard, all of that. And, you know, we're always going to have that little voice, that little negative voice in, in the back of our mind saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. And it's just overcoming that with that positive, like, yes, you can. So what if you fail? Like you learn from your mistakes, not your successes. So anyway, I was kind of like starting to outgrow my current situation. 
we roll around to my 25th birthday. We had a bogan party. That was the night that I got my asshole out. I brown eyed everyone and I found out that I had a brown butthole. Thanks, Wilson, for pointing that out. Um, and it was honestly such a wild night. It was so much fun. Oh, my goodness. Um, and the girls all stayed over that, you know, Lizzie, Caitlin, Carlin, they all came from Perth, all of that. Anyway, the next morning woke up. Caitlin, Lizzie and Carlin had a full intervention with me. They were like, right, Darcy, you need to move to Perth this year. What are you still doing here? There is nothing going for you in this town. You need to move. And I was like, fuck, like they had a full intervention with me, like fully serious. And I was like, yep, you're right. You're right. Okay. And they're like, look, you know, you're not going to find anyone here. Like, what do you want exactly? Like all of that. And I was like, you're so right. Like, okay. And I was very hungover and vulnerable and all of that and it kind of just that was the end of it like you know everyone went home all of that the next week lizzie reached out to me and she was like have you inquired about getting a job in perth yet and i was like no i haven't yet she's like you need to email um you know you need to email head office this week i'm going to keep following up with you until you do and i was like fuck okay okay and I reached out to my old manager who was um, my regional manager when I was working in Kununurra. And I was like, hi, like, do you have any jobs for me in your area? And yep, within three weeks, I had a job in Perth and he's my manager now. So he wasn't my manager when I first went down, but he is now. Oh my gosh. And he's honestly the best. Like I have him to thank for so much. Like I have the most amazing supportive managers. Like they are the best bosses I've ever had so supportive so like oh they just value you know developing their staff like they just do the most you know anyway so reached out to him yep had a job in perth three weeks later three weeks after that i moved down i packed as much as i could into my little swift and i burned down to perth like with see ya jero fucking ain't gonna miss ya anyway first week i got to perth i stayed with a friend um, out in the Perth Hills and I ended up living with them for six weeks and it was honestly great but that first week that I moved to Perth uh, we went into lockdown for COVID so I didn't end up seeing my family for like three months oh my god and it was like the first time like living in a new city or oh, other than Kununurra and yeah it was just it was crazy but in that that first six weeks I also got a fucking boyfriend like like there was just so much change all at once. And then after six weeks, Carl and I got this amazing apartment on the river and we were living together and like, we just lived together so well. She's honestly like my ride or die. And yeah, so I moved to Perth. I got a whole new job that was like in a higher position. Like I was, you know, doing, excelling in my career. I was like climbing the ladder. I was achieving everything I wanted to do that way. I got a boyfriend and he was amazing. It was like, he was like no one that I'd ever met before. And we got an amazing apartment. It just so much happened. So much changed all at once because I finally took that step. I finally made that change. And I was like, wow, how have I been so afraid of change before this? Like get so comfortable in your own way. Anyway, so it was just, it was amazing. And then from there, like the next 18 months was incredible. Like I still continued to excel in my career and I ended up getting a permanent position um, in what I'm doing now as a business analyst. And, you know, like I said, I've been in my job for eight years nearly. So far out, like I'm old now, but you know, everything paid off in that respect. And, you know, my relationship while it didn't end well, and while it wasn't the healthiest in the end, like 
for the most part, that relationship taught me so much. And while I've said that, you know, on my TikTok and Instagram that I'm not going to talk about my relationship anymore and all of that, I will talk about it today in terms of how it has helped me to be the person that I am today and the personal growth that it has, you know, um, I, I, that I have been able to grow through because, because that relationship was the most healthy relationship I had had up until this point of my life. I learned that I could love someone that, you know, I could be loved as well, that I was deserving of love, that I could be treated in the way that I wanted to be loved. Like it was just the best. And we had so much fun. We got out, we saw so much of WA, like, oh my goodness. Like it was, it was so great for the most part. I also learned a lot about, you know, also how I don't want to be loved as well and how I don't want to be treated. So you know, I took away so many good things from that and so many lessons. Like when I, when I said 12 months ago when we broke up, because we have been broken up for 12 fucking months, and I don't want to sound like I'm harping on about it. But, you know, when I said when we did break up was that people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lesson. And this person was all three of those for me. And I truly mean that. And I truly like respect them a lot. And, you know, I think now is the time to kind of touch on that a little bit because like I said it was a period of such important growth for me so obviously you know relationships don't always work out and this one didn't we grew apart we were just too different and it was irreparable and in the end while we while we communicated so well for the most part in the end we just weren't communicating and you know that was such a lesson for me in itself and um, at this time, you know, when things all fell apart, I was working back in Jelton for a few months. And let me just set the record straight. Because when all this went down a year ago, there were people speculating like, oh, yeah, I knew things weren't weren't good in the relationship when she went when she moved back to Jelton. Like, oh, that was definitely the telltale sign. For starters, I had no idea that my relationship was about to fall apart at that point. Thank you very much. We'd just been over to Sydney had a great bloody time, like all of that. Um, I went back to Jelton because my old boss reached out to me and said, hey, we have a management role, an opportunity that we would like you to work in if you're available. And it so coincided with my sister's second pregnancy. And she was at the end of her second pregnancy, right? And I wanted to be there to support her because she already had Ari, who at that point wasn't even a year old. Um, and, and her partner works away. So I wanted to be there to support her in the end of her pregnancy. I also wanted to be near my family, like to have an opportunity to live with my family again for three months. Like I, I fucking love my family so much and I don't see them enough, you know, and also from a financial aspect, because this role that I was going to act in, I was going to get a regional allowance. And so I was going to earn like a, a really good chunk of money that, you know, would help bolster my savings as well. So that is the only reason I went to fucking Jelton, okay? It wasn't because my relationship was falling apart. However, that was also a blessing in disguise that I was there, surrounded by my family and friends when it did fall apart. So everything happens for a reason, honestly. It really does. It's so crazy. But anyway, went to Jero, everything fell apart. No worries. That was fine. Like it was, honestly, 
it needed to happen because for me, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was, you know, the most unhappiest I had been at that point. And I couldn't quite tell why I was in denial, definitely in denial that I was really unhappy because of the relationship. Um, and yeah, so while, you know, things didn't end because of a good reason, like it, it happened and it, I'm glad it did. It needed to happen. Um, but you know, me and my ex, like he came back a few weeks later to collect the rest of his things. And we sat down and we had a really long conversation and, you know, things were really amicable. Like it ended on an amicable note. It was really sad. Like we were both really sad that, you know, we weren't going to be a part of each other's lives anymore, but it ended well, you know, like obviously we really, we both hurt each other in different ways. Um, and I'm not excusing, you know, his actions and things like that, but yeah, it was just, it was a very healing moment for me personally. Um, and it was like, you know, I got that closure. Um, yeah. And at that point, you know, this was November, 2022. And at that point we were like, yeah, you know, we still want to keep in touch. Like, you know, cause I, we didn't really want to let go of each other and each other's lives at that point. Um, and we were like, yep, yep. When we're both back in Perth, um, in the new year, like we'll catch up. And anyway, so yep. Doing my thing, went back to Perth in the new year, Carlin and Sean were still up North over the Christmas new year's period. Um, and I was like, oh, um, reached out to old mate. Cause I was home alone for a few days. And I was like, you know, if you're in Perth, like, you know, do you still want to catch up? And he was like, oh, I'm actually not, I'm still down South, but you know, I think I know what you mean now about having space and you finally see things a bit more clearly. And, you know, I think that we should still continue to have space and not, and not see each other. And I was just like, Oh, dagger to my heart. Like I'd be rejected. And in that moment, because I had had the upper hand, like I'd broken up with him and I was happy that we'd ended and all of that. And then I, you know, obviously in a moment of feeling vulnerable and, and wanting that comfort, I had, I was rejected and I just had all these thoughts and feelings and emotions and all come flooding back. And I just romanticized everything that we were, everything that he was specifically the beginning of the relationship, you know, when you're falling in love, cause that's the best part, right? It's so intoxicating. I'm just so addicted to that feeling of falling for someone. And I was romanticizing that. And I was like wanting that, but that's not what our relationship was in the end, you know? And I just went into this dark hole and I was like alone. I didn't talk to anyone. It was only for like a day, but I was just like moping around the house, like, oh. <laughs> and then Carlin and Sean got home like the next day and she's like, oh my God, hi. Cause we hadn't seen each other in literally like so long. I think we saw each other like once over the three months that I was in Jelton. She's like, oh my God, hi. And I just looked at her and I was like, I'm not okay. Like cried. And she was like, oh my God. Okay. Look, Sean, pour us the wine and Darcy, go sit down, go outside. We need to have a fucking chat. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we sat on the balcony. It was a beautiful summer's afternoon. We had a couple of wines and she just set the record straight. Like she took my rose colored glasses off. She fucking snapped them in half and threw them off the balcony. Like <laughs> that woman, Carlin Price, my best friend, my ride or die. She is my voice of reason. She is like oh, my number one hype girl. She's the bestest friend that 
anyone could ever ask for. Like she's such a beautiful human. She's so smart. She's so kind. She's so compassionate. She's so hilarious. Like we just sit, sit here, just fucking pissing ourselves laughing. Like honestly, and she's just the best friend, like the most supportive friend. When I told her like that, you know, I was starting the podcast. It was also the same week that one of her best friends has just graduated, uh, becoming a doctor and she was just she she was sitting there crying she's like i'm just so proud of all of my friends like you are all doing so well in your lives like i'm so proud like rah rah and i was like you were just the nicest person those friends that are just genuinely and sincerely so happy for you and your successes oh honestly anyway so back to this little wake up call that she gave me she sat there and she just told me every reason why we broke up, every reason why we weren't going to work, everything. And it just yanked me out of that hole. Like, when I tell you, like, I just was like, what the fuck? It was just like a fucking, the light was turned on. I was like, you're so right. And she's like, remember that list you wrote down when you broke up about every reason why you guys weren't going to work? Like, read that, Darcy. What the fuck? And I went back and I was like, wow, you're so right. Like, what the hell? And I was fine from that point onwards. Like, and I have been ever since. And that's not to say that I haven't had moments of like feeling immensely sad because there was a couple months there, I reckon around like the four to six to eight month mark. Yeah, for a few months, every month on my period, I was so sad. I was just like, I'd sit there crying like, oh my God. Like, obviously on my own, it was so funny. Like, Kyle and I usually have PMS around the same time. And, like, this one night, I remember, I was, it was, like, 7.30. And she was FaceTiming Sean, right? And I was, like, I'd just been in the shower crying about how, like, you know, me and Jordan didn't work out and all of that. And, like, just because I was romanticizing, like, you know, the honeymoon period of the relationship. Not because I even wanted him, but because, like, I just missed a relationship, you know? And I was in the shower crying and I came out and I was like, didn't want her to see I was crying. And I was like, I'm going to bed. Night. And she was like, what? Okay. And then we both went to bed and she was on the phone to Sean and she started crying because I went to bed and I was in my room crying because I was like lonely. And she was like, Colin, babe, what the fuck are you crying for? And she's like, Darcy's gone to bed. <laughs> like we are honestly just... God, when this household is PMSing, it is just fucked. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, in terms of like the whole breakup thing, it has been a fucking journey, let me tell you that much. But at the same time, like I love who I am today because of it. And that's what I tell anyone that is going through a breakup is you are going to grow so much as a person. Like it is a period of growth. We grow through what we go through. You're going to have a glow up. You're going to get hotter. Like all of that. You're going to learn more about what you want and don't want in a man. And then when you date again, you're going to be dating and be so much more sure of yourself and know what you want and not settle for less. Like, honestly, I love it. Thank you. Shout out to my ex for helping me grow and helping me learn and helping me grow the fuck up and not settle for fuckboys because I did go through a period of dating when even if it was just something casual, I was looking for him in all of the men that I was dating. And that's when I knew I wasn't healed. And I was looking for fuck boys and just mows and mullets and just, it was actually dangerous. Like I had, I had some dangerous experiences, especially with Tinder, 
with guys just not respecting my boundaries, with me putting myself in vulnerable positions and ultimately having sex when I didn't want to. Like there was a, like a couple of situations there where my boundaries were well and truly pushed and you know this one guy he wouldn't take no for an answer and I was just like okay we're doing this now and yeah I'm sorry if that's a trigger to anyone like it's it's something that took me a little while to process like but yeah there had been a couple of instances like that and I just realized like wow what am I doing I was in my born again whore era but it got to the point where it was becoming dangerous and you know I was obviously giving out mixed signals around like what I wanted and these guys were like taking advantage of that. Like it's just, yeah, crazy times. But anyway, sorry, that got pretty dark there for a bit. But now we are at the point I'm at now. I feel like I'm in this position in my life where I'm kind of at a crossroads again. Like, and this is why I started the podcast because obviously with TikTok, like 18 months ago is when I started it. And it got to the point where it is now, where I'm an influenza. Oh my God, it's bloody contagious. I'm doing a bit of influencing, like I'm making some money on the side from this. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, what opportunities are in store for me from this point going forward? Like, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable again. Like, while I feel like I'm in the like the best position of my life yet, I also feel like I'm just like, well, what what next? what what next because obviously I don't want to buy a house yet I don't know if I want to settle down just yet you know I love the idea of having someone but I also love being single because it's so much easier and it's just I'm loving this this point in my life at the moment but I'm like hmm what am I going to do in terms of like I don't know my life trajectory trajectory I don't even know how to say that word oh my god big word big word so yeah, so I thought, you know, maybe I'll just start this podcast, a bit more of a side hobby, something else for me to focus on. And yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So <laughs> I don't know what else to say other than, you know, my TikTok life story, which you guys have followed me along this whole time. You've seen me go through a glow up. I was having some health issues. So I've gone through a glow up, my wellness queen journey. You've seen me go through a breakup. You've seen me go through my born again whore era. Oh, and I can't wait to tell you all of the stories in between because that's something that, you know, I wanted to use this podcast for is talk about things a bit more explicitly because TikTok loves to delete my episodes when I even talk about getting dick and all of that stuff. So I actually want to, you know, be even more unfiltered and overshare even more. So Stay with me, bear with me, and yeah, that's what. So in a nutshell, that is my life up until this point. You know, there's obviously a few more things in between. Uh, let me know if you want a separate dedicated episode around my wellness queen journey. Although I feel like I have touched on it a lot on my TikTok. Um, if you are new here and would like that in podcast format, I'm happy to do a dedicated episode on that. Although I will make a disclaimer, I am not a medical professional. I'm not a professional in any sense, in anything. I'd say that I'm a professional shit talker, a professional dick sucker, but that's about it. I'm just just kidding. Sorry, mum, if you're listening. Sorry, mum. Anyway, um, I think that's all we've got time for today. I've just waffled on for bloody, I feel like, what, half an hour? Now I've got to figure out how to bloody edit this thing, and hopefully there's not too many... Um, sections where I'm like clearing my throat or breathing too loudly. Anyway, 
Look, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you did make it to this point of the episode, well done. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, and I hope you stick around and are here for episode two, which I've also recorded. I'm really excited to drop that one. I'm just giving some unhinged advice for your questions. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. Love you. And I'll see you next time. Bye.